0: Welcome to the Ordinary Extraordinary Cemetery, where every death had a life and every life had a story. My name is Jenny Johnson. Hello, and I'm Diane Hartshorn. So how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? How was your new year? It was wonderful. We had a nice, I took the week off, so I got a nice break in there. And we had, we just had a very quiet New Year's Eve at home. We watched um, some pinball streaming. We play pinball in this family. Um, So we were watching pinball streams, some friends of ours, and we were just enjoying that and played some games with the kids. And it was a nice day.
1: How about yourself? It was the same. It's just my husband and I and and Loki. And so we watched um, actually all weekend. We watched the whole extended version of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which I think is what we did last year, too. So apparently it's going to be a holiday tradition. But um, it was very nice, very, very quiet, too. It was just nice to relax and enjoy the end of the holidays. Yes,
0: I agree. And I like that idea of making the trilogy a holiday tradition.
1: Well, when it came out, it was every Christmas. It used to come out. So we always went opening weekend. And saw it at the theater, right? Yeah,
0: Yeah, the first time all of them had come out on DVD by the time we had them all, I think my sister and brother-in-law were visiting because I remember my brother-in-law and I sitting and watching all of them together Mm because we were like oh look we have them all so I think we sat down and watched them all together I think that's the only time I've ever watched all of them back to back like that but that is all although my oldest daughter I know has done it many times those are her favorite movies Mm -hmm. well so yeah she's got good taste she does she is she has been in love with the Lord of the Rings series actually it started with The Hobbit because Mm -hmm. she was in a production of The Hobbit as a little kid, she played, what did she play that time? She was one of the dragon's wings because they oh, were doing like a cool. puppeteer thing. Yeah. So she was one of the wings, but I think she may have played a dwarf too that time. Oh. So, um, but that she kind of that version, you know, is a very short kid's version of this, the story, but she fell in love with it. So then we had to start reading
1: all the books together and she's loved it ever since. We did the same thing um, when my husband and I were first married, he wouldn't. That's not like he forced me, but he wouldn't leave, let me read James Michener's Texas that had just come out until I read Lord of the Rings. I had never read fantasy before, ever, and it was like, I loved it. And oh, then yeah. when the kids were little, I would read it to them, and it just became a major part of our our life, which is which is pretty cool. There's worse
0: things out there, so I'll take Definitely. that. Definitely. <laughs> So anyway, we thought um, for this episode, we're we're getting back into our historical stuff now that, you know, the holidays are over and we're getting back on our routines. So we're going to get back into um, an episode of featuring a particular cemetery and a story to go along with it. Um, It is our goal to cover cemeteries in all 50 states. And Diana and I agreed that once a month we plan to feature one from somewhere else in the world. So we'll start doing some research on Um, cemeteries in other countries as well. Uh, Since beginning the podcast, we have covered cemeteries in Colorado, Arkansas, Georgia, Vermont, New York, Massachusetts, sort of, that was a a cheater one, so we'll, we'll do one soon about Massachusetts that's a real one, and Virginia. We thought we would kick off 2021 by exploring the Old Burying Ground, also known as the First Congregational Church Cemetery in Kittery Point,
1: Maine. Captain James F. Cook, aged 39. W.C. LeBaron, first mate. William Fitzpatrick, second mate, aged 32. Peter Botars, aged 25. Jeremiah Stevens, aged 20. William Brevenar, aged 20. Henry Hartmayer, aged 53. Joseph Abine Stowaway, aged 21. These are the men who were on board the Brig Hattie Eaton, one fateful March day in 1876. Sadly, for seven of these men, it would be their last day on land or sea. But before we tell their tale, let's talk a bit about the old burying ground in Kittery Port, Maine, and its connection to these men.
0: Prior to European settlement in the mid-1600s, the land in the Piscataqua was home to several Native American tribes, including the Abenaki, Algonquin, Cayuga, Chippewa, Illinois, Iroquois, Kickapoo, and Lenape peoples. Kittery's first congregational church was established in 1730. Not only was it a place of worship, but it also served the purpose of a stronghold against Native American attacks an armory, and it was the site of the village's whipping post. The cemetery is across the road from the church. It seems it has been in use since the church itself was built. The stone wall that surrounds it was added in 1733.
1: For a time after the cemetery opened, many families still chose to bury their loved ones on family property, but that soon changed and the old burying ground became such a popular place that the church began to charge two dollars per lot and also required families to provide enough dirt to cover the coffin. This burying ground is a wonderful place to study everything from the slate stones popular in the 1700s to the Victorian era stones of granite and marble. As for iconography, you will find traditional 18th century death's heads and hourglasses to the flowers, vines, and Cherubic angels that became popular in the 1800s. The main portion of the
0: grounds are open and sunny with green grass throughout. Trees surround the cemetery on three sides, and the eastern side overlooks the water. For nearly 300 years, the church across the road has maintained this final resting place. Buried within the walls of the cemetery are several of the church's former ministers, including their first minister, Reverend John Newmarch. Reverend Newmarch was exhumed from an unkempt grave at Kittery Foreside and brought to the old burying ground across from his beloved church. The reburial was accomplished in 1936 through the efforts of Mr. John M. Howells. Records and pictures in possession of the church show the procedures used to make sure that the body exhumed was indeed that of Mr. Newmarch.
1: In the southwestern corner of the cemetery are field stones marking the Thaxter family. The most famous of these stones is the one for Levi Thaxter, whose epitaph was written by poet Robert Browning. It reads, Thou whom these eyes saw never, say friends true who save my soul, helped onward by my song, thou all unwittingly has helped thee too. I gave up but the little that I knew, how were the gift required? While along life's path I race, Couldst thou make weakness strong? Help me with knowledge, For life's old, death's new. Levi Thaxter, famed poetess wife Celia, is buried on Appledore Island instead of the old burying ground, as is often assumed. To the left of the entrance is the resting place of Captain William Whipple father of General William Whipple. Near this grave are the family lots of the Cutts and Garish families.
0: Also buried here are six of the men who died when the brig Hattie Eaton sunk off the coast in a winter gale on March 21st, 1876. There is a slate stone with an image of the ship engraved on top. The stone reads, Brig Hattie Eaton, WI to Boston, cast away on Garish Island, March 21, 1876 crew of eight white and Negro and one stowaway. Near this stone lie six bodies never claimed. The monument was placed by the citizens of Kittery Point.
1: The big storm that happened that night created havoc on both land and sea. According to the article in the Boston Globe, the record of the disasters caused by the great storm receives accessions daily. Government is taking every measure to render relief to the scores of vessels which are supposed to be blown out to sea and disabled by the storm. Sadly, the storm proved too much for the Hattie Eaton, as well as the A Porter that was in the harbor at Portsmouth, New Hampshire. The Hattie Eaton was a brig. A brig is a sailing vessel with two square rigged masts. Brigs were seen as fast and maneuverable and were used as both naval warships and merchant vessels. They were especially popular in the 18th and 19th centuries. On this day, the Hattie Eaton was returning home to Boston from Cuba with a load of sugar and molasses.
0: 39-year-old James F. Cook was the captain of the Hattie Eaton. He was a well-respected and very experienced captain from Boston. According to the account given later by the first mate, the only one to survive the wreck, The brig was in trouble before being caught in the gale. Three crew members were suffering from frostbite, and the vessel itself was iced over. The winter storm came on fast and strong. Due to high winds and low visibility because of snow, it is likely that Captain Cook was struggling to keep the vessel on course. He was trying desperately to make it to Portsmouth Harbor in New Hampshire, where he thought they would be able to take shelter from the storm. However, at 3 o'clock that afternoon, the vessel was in low water, when
1: it struck the rocks off Kittery Point. A man who lived on the beach, a Mr. Lorenzo B. Mitchell, saw what was happening and ran to shore to see if he could help. He later said of the ship in an interview, she came for the beach like a racehorse under lower topsail, reeled spanker, and foretop mast staysail, with wind well aft and not swerving an inch from her direct course. She struck stem, on between two rocks a little more than her length from shore. The captain sprang into four rigging and ran aloft to the top gallant mast, where he entwined himself in the rigging to prevent being jerked overboard while the rest of the crew stuck to the deck. The man at the wheel had been injured and two other crew members were swept overboard. The first mate had been swept from the poop deck and had dislocated his shoulder. He went below deck to nurse his injury and to check on the crew members who were suffering from frostbite. When the vessel struck the rocks, it was stuck between them at its bow.
0: Captain Cook, seeing Lorenzo Mitchell on shore, called out to him for assistance. However, the force of the storm was proving too much. It wasn't long before another large wave crashed over the ship, causing it to spin round, so now its bow was out to sea and its stern was towards the rocks. It was also leaning heavily to one side so that its masts were parallel to the ocean. It seems that at this point, Captain Cook knew he was going to lose his life. He called out his name to Mitchell and the name of his vessel before losing his grip on the rigs and falling into the frigid and angry sea. Another crew member had jumped overboard and attempted to swim to shore. However, the sea was too turbulent, and even though he was a strong swimmer, the waves dashed him against the rocks and he went under. Shortly after this, three more men came from on shore to try and do what they could to help. For just a moment, the sea had calmed, and they were able to form a human chain from the shore to the ship. It was with the aid of this chain that they were able to help the first mate, whose name was William Fitzpatrick, to safety. Before they could go back out for the others still on board, another wave crashed over the ship. Mitchell said later, it crushed what was left of her like an eggshell.
1: The force of Mother Nature's storm took less than 30 minutes to steal the lives of seven men. Over the next several days, the bodies of the sailors and the captain were recovered. The captain's body was sent back to Boston to be buried there. He left behind a wife and two young children. William Fitzpatrick stayed with Mr. Mitchell for quite some time while he recovered from his injuries. The other six men were never claimed, and so they were laid to rest in the cemetery across from the first congregational church. It tossed
0: and tossed, a little brig I knew, or took by blast it spun and spun, and groped delirious for morn.
1: It slipped and slipped, as one that drunken stepped, its white foot tripped, then dropped from sight.
0: Ah, Brig, good night to crew and you, the ocean's heart too smooth, too blue, to break for you.
1: That is a little poem written by the famed Emily Dickinson entitled Shipwreck. It is not necessarily about the Hattie Eaton, but we felt it was fitting. To think that accidents like these were
0: a frequent occurrence for those who chose to make their living on the sea. It was hard, dangerous work. And yet for many men of the time, there was nothing they wanted to do more than hop aboard a vessel bound for foreign ports. They may not have become wealthy in such pursuits, but if they survived, they provided a wealth of stories for those who chose to
1: remain on dry land. What do you think perhaps we should do an episode on a shipwreck that was never recovered? After all, that's sort of an underwater cemetery if you think about it.
0: I love that idea. Maybe even a sunken pirate ship. Yes, definitely something to consider for a future episode.
1: As always, we would like to thank you, the listener, for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. This helps others who may like our show to find us, too. We are also extremely grateful when you share us with your friends and family. We know there are lots of history and cemetery lovers out there. We have also made some updates
0: to our website, theordinaryextraordinarycemetery.com. As always, you can find links and show notes to all of our episodes. And now we have included bios of Diane and myself, along with photos of our adorable black cats sometimes like to interrupt us while we're recording although tonight both both of them were on their best behavior yeah they were yes we both have black cats and felt our cemetery website wouldn't be complete without them you can also find us on facebook and instagram at ordinary extraordinary cemetery or on twitter at ord extra sim and the sim is c-e-m like cemetery stop by and say hi If you visit our Facebook page please feel free to share stories and photos of the cemeteries you have visited or leave us suggestions of cemeteries you want to hear more about and we do have a list Um, so many people have been so kind to provide us with suggestions already so we have a list that we the two of us are working through and we're just trying to break it down and figure out how to research the ones that you have suggested and we promise we will get to those it just takes a little time when it comes to the research you can also email us your suggestions at ordinary cemetery at gmail.com.
1: We look forward to bringing you a new episode next week until we meet again.